Welcome, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, our first time, my first time ever on a Zoom call, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, my brother? I'm wonderful, man. We're, we're uh, traversing new lands here and uh, trying to figure out stuff. You're much better at stuff like this than I am, but signed up for Zoom so we can try to do this. We'll Let's let, and we're, we're we're giving it a go. And so far, uh, we've been on the phone together for I don't know about twenty minutes trying to figure this all out. But I think we're in a pretty good spot right now. So that means that we will be back on YouTube for the first time in God knows since my phone stopped working. So for a long time. Uh, so uh, before we get started uh, and get into the sponsors. Actually, let's do the sponsors first. Go ahead, Adam. Get us started with, uh, with the sponsors of the podcast. Well, first and foremost, I've got uh, training personally with Peg Edwards. No matter your level of fitness, beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you like to be challenged a little or a lot and want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer, then training personally with Peggy Edwards is for you. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe, fresh, fun. Uh, speaking of safe, in, in the next probably two or three weeks, uh, she will likely be reopening. It is a gym, so of course it has been closed for uh, the last, what, three months or so, because she was one of the first people to uh, know what's going on with this, uh, with this COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. Uh, yep. so she to make sure she was keeping all of her clients safe um, she closed it down right away uh, and she's gonna make sure it's gonna be clean we're gonna be socially distanced um, and it's gonna be ready to go shortly here uh, probably in the middle of June um, so 3634 Budno Avenue in Cincinnati Ohio zip codes 45211 when you're ready to come back um, to get the information to know for sure when she's coming back, check her on Facebook, training personally with Peggy Edwards on Facebook. Uh, and information about the gym, uh, all, the, all the questions you may have can be answered at trainingpersonally.com or you can contact Peggy directly, uh, peggy at trainingpersonally.com by email or give her a call, 513-328-0296. That's Peggy Edwards with training personally, 513-328-0296. That's right. And also brought to you by the Ohio Mosquito Control. That's uh, ohio-mc.com. These guys are out and about, and they're spraying everybody's yards all around the city of Cincinnati. Uh, if you've got any kind of mosquito problem, right now is the time to get it. You might be a little bit late for that first burst, but I'm going to tell you, he will take care of you, uh, get a hold of Jason over there, and he will hook you guys up with all of your mosquito control uh, that you could possibly need. They are the pest of the pest, and they will do your yard no matter what the size. They'll do a one-time spray if you got a party going. They'll do businesses. Uh, you got a pool like me. It's a must-have because mosquitoes run rampant. Uh, I have them come out. Uh, for the last three years, two, three years now, and it's unbelievable. Not a bite. My kids get eaten up everywhere they go except my own house. So check them out, ohio-mc.com. Set yourself up with an uh, entire thing. Now, we are here on the Zoom call 
We are going to be on you on YouTube, back on YouTube for the first time in uh, months, months, multiple months. It's been months since before the pandemic hit. I was able to get myself uh, a little a little haircut the other day. Uh, I took my giant beard off that I had going. You, my friend, you are looking good. Thanks. Uh, I good is pretty nice. It's pretty nice for this uh, to say, but um, it's my hair is a. Uh, I don't even know that the you can really tell how long it is on the video. Give a little brush out. Grab it with the hair and pull it out real slow. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, You've got like eight or 10 inches of hair now. It's, <laughs> it's pretty long. You know, the sides are feeling pretty, pretty gross. And uh, yeah. I mean, my yeah. fingers disappear inside of it. Right. So I so remember, I remember a time idea. when you grew your hair out and um, it wasn't too much longer than it is right now. I actually just came across yesterday, came across some pictures from when my hair was yeah. at its longest in 2002. And, uh, now this beard though, at the same time, the beard, uh, this is, this is as shaggy as I've seen you in a long time. Although you grow one of the thickest, fullest beards I've ever seen. My hair on my entire body is thick. I have thick, thick hair. Oh, two, C's, two C's, T-H-I-C-C. Thick, thick. Uh, yeah. So, so real quick, let's talk about hair real quick. All right. So your hair all over your body is thick, right? So are you do you trim the chest hair area, the neck? You would do. How does that work? Are you a are you a manscaper on the chest? We'll just talk about the chest. Not going to go too deep into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep we'll keep all that business uh, private. But uh, so I will. Yeah, once in a while, I will I will trim up. I will trim up the chest because it does get, and especially like, you know, right, right here on the, yep. on, on where you're getting up to the throat. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that starts going, man. And I gotta, I got, while I'm, next, just, I'm shaving my neck, I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll just give it a little, all right, get out of here. You guys, I don't want you to come yeah. up out of the shirt. I'm yeah. not a, uh, I'm not a, an, an Italian in New York in 1970, whatever. So what about the back? You get back hair, you got big, big time back hair. No, I don't really, I don't really have back hair. I'm really glad about that because I don't want to have to deal with it. Um, Buddy, I, uh, the only way to take care of back hair is to have a significant other. That's the absolute only way. I know a couple people with back hair and when they, when they were not with someone in their single life, it was out of control. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that I, because I don't have a significant other, I'm happy <laughs> that I also don't have back hair. So I'll, I'll bet as soon as I get a significant other, if I ever do, I'll start growing back hair right away. There you go. Oh, there you go. Just so you can let them shave it off. Right. That sounds good. Well, speaking of shaving it off, the Major League Baseball owners have decided to shave off part of the season. And uh, we talked a little bit last week about this 50-50 split that the owners never officially proposed to the players, but kind of threw it out there and immediately found out how much it was disliked by the players. So they never officially proposed that. However, they have come out with a proposal uh, that they have put out to the players, which is basically half a season and quite a large cut in salary. Salaries will be prorated, but not based on the amount of games they're playing. That's for sure. Yeah, there was, um, they were going to be, well, they've been prorated to this point, right? Or they, 
that was what they had originally said in March. When all this went down in March, the owner said, we'll prorate it based off of the amount of the season we can actually get in. Right. Now they're starting to send out some new proposals because of things that are going on. And without getting super deep into it, because I'm not great with that kind of stuff, basically it's they are, depending on how much you make, there's a percentage that they're going to take off of your salary, right? So the, what basically it is is the, the players that make the most money are going to have to give up the most amount of money, right? So like the, the big example has been Mike Trout, right? He makes 37 point something million a year or whatever. Yep. And he would end up between the prorated salary and the uh, additional uh, whatever the proposal is with the addition to shave off like you were saying, um, an, an additional percentage, he would be giving up like something like almost 85% of his salary or something that I hear. Yeah, and he would make a little over $7 million. So he would make $7 million, but a guy that's making maybe 500,000 or say a million or something like that, he is still going to make, you know, he's, he's going to make a little over half of that, I think, or something like that, or, or maybe a little more than half of that. So the difference between an Adam Schmidt and a Mike Trout is now not so much, is now not so far. So here's, tell me if you think about this. How do you feel about this? As, as being Adam Schmidt, uh, bottom of the line Major League Baseball player, just scrapping to stay on the bench on a 40-man roster. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, no, not like that, because I don't want to know that guy's opinion. I want to know your opinion how you feel about uh, the recommendation and how they're going about this guy, like guy, like Mike Trout losing $30 million um, playing half the season and losing, like you said, 80% of his salary where, whereas, you know, there are other people lower that will not lose nearly as much percentage wise. It's really hard because I know that the players, I already know that the players reaction to this, a lot of players are saying it's even worse than the 50, 50 split. Like there are guys saying it's even worse. So but the ones but, that you hear are the ones that people know. Those are, you know, the social media, those are the guys making the most money. That's why right. they're feeling that way. Right. Uh, and Trevor Bauer. Cause he does, he doesn't like anything, but, um, but anyway, he, <laughs> he is dude. There are times where I'm like, I like this dude. And there are times where I'm like, shut up. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, it, it's a media, it's a media person, person's dream. <clears throat> Yeah, because he's got something to say about everything. But uh, in my opinion, here's the thing. You, of course, it's not good for the players. This isn't good for the players. But it's not going to be no matter what. It can't be. There's not a way that you can make close to the same salary and have a season in any way. This is the, this is the cards that we have been dealt, that baseball has been dealt. Players, owners, everybody's going to lose money this year. They have to... And the problem here is they have been at odds at so far apart on the spectrum for so many years that there's just a – I was just listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about how when you're a young player – Mark Teixeira was on this, and he's really – he's super smart. I didn't realize he was this smart, but he knows all about the financial ins and outs of, of contracts and, and uh, revenue and everything with the CBA – He's super smart about it. So he was talking about it and he said, when you're a player, you first come in, you're basically taught by the older players to be so opposed to Major League Baseball, to the owners, 
Like, you know, we're in a union. This is the Major League Baseball Players Association. We have to get ours. We have to do everything we can to get everything we can. And mm -hmm. they are out to get us, basically. That's what it sounded like. So they're going to have to – both sides are going to have to swallow their pride. Both sides are going to have to understand we are all going to lose money no matter what this year. And to me, to, to try to save as much money for baseball as possible, um, it kind of almost makes a little sense that you're going to get the most – now, you could, you could share and, and say everybody's salary – is docked and you know you're it's prorated plus you're you're docked an additional 15 percent for everybody across the board it i'm not sure you're going to get of course without doing punching all the numbers and everything i'm not sure you're going to get this try to save the same amount of money that you would from saving 30 million dollars from one guy um you know on each team basically not, not that everybody is right. missing that much but they're going to yeah. have to deal with it in some way. Either the guys that make 35 million are going to have to make 5 million this year, or everybody's going to have to make way less. And everybody still, even by doing that, Major League Baseball is going to lose money. Each organization is going to lose money. You're going to have to still lay off people and fire people and get rid of people. You can't have, you can't run your organization like you have, like, like it's normal because it's not. This is not a normal thing. So it's my opinion. Maybe this is the way it is. This is the first proposal, basically. So they're going to come back. Major League, the, the Players Association is going to come back and say, no, definitely not doing that. How about this? We need some help on this. And then baseball is going to come back and they're going to switch it off. We're okay with this. So they're going to come back, right? So you obviously don't give out the best. You're, you're not going to give them more than what – you're going to start low and let them bring you back up. I understand what the owners are doing. However, it's got to be, I, I don't, maybe it doesn't have to be, but it's got to be closer to equal across the board. If I'm, if I am, if in, in, in during this pandemic, if at my work, let's say I make, you know, uh, 10 times more than what another guy at my work is doing. And they say, Hey, and you do. We want you to, yeah, okay. <laughs> we want you guys to come back to work. Uh, however, Chris, where you were making a million dollars, you're now going to make a hundred thousand dollars. And let's let's make it real. Let's make it real. What I say, ten times. So let's say, um, okay, real, so real you make life. Ten million. No, let's say let's say Chris, you make three hundred thousand dollars a year, and uh, Adam, Adam, you make $30,000 a year. Let's come back. We, got, we want everybody to come back. We want, we want everyone to come back to work and we're going to, we're going to allow you to come back to work and play or, or work. However, here's how it's going to be. Chris, because of the amount of money you make, you're going to get, um, you're going to get $80,000 and no, it would be $70,000 compared to do the Mike Trout thing. You're going to get $70,000. Adam, you're going to get uh you're going to get about 20, $20,000. So you lose 10 grand a year. I lose $200,000 or $230,000 a year. And we're both going back to work 
doing in the exact same conditions, in the exact same, uh, uh, doing the same thing. Maybe I get more bats, but still we're playing this. We're, we're working in the same area together. Uh, we have the same health risks as everybody else has on that team. Yet I'm losing 80% of my salary and you only lose 10%, 30%. That's no way. Absolutely no way. There's the owners had to know this was going to get turned down right away. And I'm sure they did, but all they're doing is just pissing the players off more than they ever had than they were before. That makes zero sense. If I am in the players union, I say, absolutely not. I'd rather make nothing than have you come back and try this bull crap on me. There's no way I'll rather go hang blinds uh, in people's houses for a year and until you can figure your stuff out and we come back to work. I don't think it's fair at all. I think it's ridiculous that they would even think about it. The owners, I feel, are so stuck up in this matter that they think they can just tell – they think they can get away with something like that. That's horrible. No wonder the players hate the owners. Okay, so you can go – so you can make $70,000 this year instead of 300000 or you can go hang blinds in somebody's house for $15,000 a year. So you would rather do yeah, that? I'm losing. I'm already losing. I'm already losing $230,000. What's another 50? Because the difference between $15,000 and $70,000 is a way different lifestyle. <laughs> that's, sure. that's, where, that's the only thing. You also got to remember that these guys that are making all that money, and in even the lowest rated players, which I think they said 60%, the, the, the owners are going after the, the 60%, right? 60 to 64% of players in Major League Baseball make a million dollars or less. Don't get me wrong. That's an incredibly large amount of money still. Even I think the, and I haven't looked it up and I'd like to look, I'll look it up as we talk. But the, uh, they're going after that, that 60% because they know they can, they can get them and make decent amount of money compared to the games and those are the ones who where they will make a lot of money in their life and or may have already made or may not have made that money yet in baseball those people need to work the other 30 40 percent those guys have money set away they're fine to not work for a year most of the time when these labor agreements come up they are willing to help the little players out and they're willing to throw some cash their way to let them get by until the labor agreement's over. I totally see that kind of stuff happening. Mike Trout saying, listen, hey, uh, Adam, Adam Schmidt, 40th man on the roster. Uh, I will, you, you say no to this agreement and I'll pay, you know, as much as they were going to pay you. I'll, I'll hook you up and make sure that you're living good until then. But we're, we are not playing this year if they're going to try to do this to us. Wasn't that what you're doing anyway then? I mean, if, if the, players making all this money are just going to try to help out the guys that aren't making as much money. Isn't that what this proposal basically Yeah, but is? now I don't have to take the health risks of going out and playing with all these guys. And I don't give the owners the satisfaction of knocking my salary way down compared to what I would be doing. No, I 100% I'm doing that before I am, I am going against the owners and losing money before I will not take any money. See, I think that's where 
that's where they're at. And I think that's where they're going to get themselves in trouble because it's more about, it's almost like a Republican Democrat thing at this point. I, I feel like it, it was, the minimum it was salary baseball. in baseball it's, is it's, $563,000. Okay. So, so, and, and was it, um, did I see it was like, they're going to, is it going to be like half for them or something like that? They're going to have to take like half of what the prorated salary would be. Yeah, some something like around there. I don't so, know exactly what it is, but so so compared to the 85 percent that that a guy like a Mike Trout, a Max Scherzer, those guys would would have to take that are making three hundred million dollars over ten years. Right. Um. So I don't know. Like that's that's the thing is I think if it's more about um, it's setting a precedence too. You got to remember in two years there is a labor agreement coming up in major league baseball uh there'll be a new cba that will have to be signed mm -hmm. and because of that because of that alone just to, to you you as a union have to stand firm because as soon as you let a precedence even if this is a pandemic and something that's never happened ever again you can't let little things slide that could eventually come back up later to bite you I totally agree with what the players say. I think they'll come back and they will say, I got no problem. You know, if you want to knock his salary to 50%, that's fine. I don't need to make 50% of my salary. I'm good with 30. Let's say uh, the, the, the top 10% of the league makes 30% um, of what their salary is. The rest of the league makes 50 or 40 whatever, you find that way to get to the same number. Find the number that the owners have, get to that number. Let's figure out what that number really is, and we'll split it up equally by the way we're paid. I think that's the fairest way to do it. Okay. Well, they, they, I'm sure that – and, of course, the players are going to want it to be as fair as they, they can make it for them and across the board for all the, for all the players. Um, but that's why I, I think they're going to have to – Tony Clark – and uh, Rob Manfred are going to have to decide that this is a different thing than we've ever experienced before. I understand the, the setting a precedent thing for when the next CBA comes back up, but you have to understand that this is something for this year. It's something that we've never dealt with before that we're going to have to, there's a, well, except for like labor, except for like the years that they were on strike, I guess is the closest thing to this, but it's something that they're going to have to deal with for this year, like right away to determine whether there's even going to be a season or not. Like I think most guys want to play. That's the other thing too. And you're risking, of course you're risking your health and everything. Um, but I think most guys want to play. So they're going to probably want to make sure something gets worked out, but it, it can't be, you can't let it be. I have to prove myself to these guys. I have to prove that, my thing, like we're right, they're wrong, they're bad, we're good. You, both sides have to let go of that to some degree. You have I, to I'm, to make I, to make it work. Okay, I'm with you. Both sides have to agree to do that at some point in time. I don't. I think the owners realize that if there's a strike, it's the players that take the hit. So they can offer something where they're going to get more money than the players are going to get. And the players are the ones that are taking all of the risk. They're taking 
all of the risk that his, the whole reason they have to do this is because there's a pandemic, flu pandemic. So they're the ones taking every bit of the risk of catching that flu, not the owners. The owners aren't out there with every single other player. Don't, so it doesn't make any sense why they shouldn't be getting the bulk of what it is. Everybody's getting cut back, right? Everybody's getting cut back. We realize that's going to happen. The owner's going to have to take a cut too. The owner should have to take a larger cut than the players take. And how do we even know what – the owners are making these propositions up. Do they even have an idea? They don't even know exactly how many games they're going to be able to play. They don't know if that half season is even doable. Uh, it's not like hockey or NBA where you can play anytime. They can start the season up anytime because they play indoors. You can't play into November or December in, in baseball. You're, you're going to freeze your, your, your twig and berries off. So – you got to figure out a way to make this start immediately so they don't know what kind of revenue they're even getting yet. So how can they make a proposal? It needs to be a proposal that's based off player – to me, if just by dumb, dumb Chris over here who doesn't really understand the whole thing even a little bit, it's, I, I, I can't see a way that they don't say the, the, the money that's brought in, the, the revenue that comes in from TV is basically the only revenue they're going to have. From that TV revenue, it's got to be a 70-30 split, 60-80-20 or 80, 20 split players to owners or even 90-10, which is probably closer to what the actual split would end up being. 90-10 uh, owners to, to players. Cause, and then from there – the players association will will not the players association but then it will be divided out uh they'll figure they'll they'll, they'll marginize the or make a percentage of each person's uh salary and go from there i can't see any other way to do something else it's, they they get so intricate with all this crap and i feel like you can figure out something way easier i don't know it starts to get annoying to me and now i start talking around in circles and i don't even know what i'm saying anymore so well, stupid. Just they, play baseball. Give them all the money. <laughs> uh, I, I'll bet there are, uh, if there are, uh, let's see, what, 30 teams and, say, 25 guys on a team, you know, you got, uh, what, five? It's going to be 25 guys. It's going to be 30, whatever, oh, yeah. 35. Guys. It'll be different It'll be this year, yeah. Um, however many hundreds of players you have in the league, you might have that many different opinions about it. I mean, uh, you know, there are, a lot of players are going to feel the same way in general about a lot of things like they do already about this proposal for what they're going to make. But yeah. um, I'm sure there are guys that don't want to play because it's too dangerous. There are guys that want to play no matter what. Even if everybody had COVID-19, they would still play. There are guys yeah. that don't care about the safety or whatever. It's all about the money. There are guys that don't care a bit about the money. It's all about how many games they're going to have to play and how much travel and whatever. I mean, there are so many different things that are going to have to, and like you said, they're going to have to decide how many, that's all part of this whole thing. Most of the talk is about the money because that's the biggest deal. And that's, what's going to keep them from playing at all. If anything, the other <laughs> stuff, bless you. The other stuff is going to be the easy Thank part. You. I mean, how many games you're going to play and where you <laughs> play them and, and having to play, possibly having to play, that's been all, all along too. Like you said, in the cold, cold weather months, 
you're going to have to play neutral site games in Florida or California or something like that, or Texas, you know, and, and it's just going to have to be that way. And that's part of this thing. You're going to have to accept that because that's how it's going to have to be this year, because this is a special case. I'm totally good with playing in different places. That's not, listen, what it, your job is your job. You go out and play the game of baseball, right? That's the job. No matter where you play the game, the health risk, that is the whole reason this is all going on, whether you are 100% in on being scared to death of it or 100% could care less about it. That, that's beyond the point. The reason we have this issue is because of it. Therefore, there's a health risk for these people to be around this many other people. You've already made that clear by canceling the season this far. So if you're going to put those players in that situation that you've already canceled half the season for, then it doesn't matter where you do your job. It's, it then comes down to the fact that I'm getting paid to do my job. That's where the whole – it's all going to come down to the money. And I don't care what people say about we just need baseball and people need to figure it out. Baseball, the, you know, the union and all that just needs to figure it out. It's not that simple. It is think about how not that simple it is in your job. I realize they're making millions of dollars and the minimum player is making 560 some thousand dollars. However, you have to remember, you got to remember it, it's still their livelihood. You earn every dime you make at your job. If you worked your butt off and got raise after raise after raise, even if it was $15,000 a year, and you started at $2,000 a year. That's ridiculous, but whatever. You work your butt off for that. There's no one out there that should be able to look at you and say, oh, come on, it, it, something's better than nothing. No, screw that. Screw you, screw that. That's what I say. That's, it's, I'm starting to get irritated now. I'm starting to get irritated. Okay, well, let me – so forget about trying to figure out – trying to feel it from a player standpoint or an owner standpoint or whatever – Forget about that. Go back to being Chris Witt, the baseball fan, the biggest baseball fan I know. Answer this question for me, please. People are talking, you, you know, you're starting to hear talk again, like every time a CBA comes up and they talk about a possible, uh, a, a possible strike or anything, baseball is going to lose all these fans, right? All these people are going to be so upset because – because people making millions of dollars, whether it's players or owners or both, it's both, um, can't come to an agreement on the, the way they're going to share money and all that kind of stuff. So I, have, I, I can't stand these people because I, I just can't watch baseball because they're just rich, spoiled people, and um, they don't care enough about the fans to just go out and play and, and be fine with making $5 million instead of $10 million or $50 million or whatever it is. How, what would it take – what would it take to make you not watch baseball? I mean, do you care at all? If, not watch baseball? Yeah, say, None of say, that. Say this. Say all this, of that stuff right there? Go ahead. No, say, say they do not – they can't come to an agreement based solely on the money situation so they don't have a season in 2020. They do not have a season in 2020 because they cannot agree on how much money everybody's going to make. Is there, is there any way that that bothers you enough to not watch baseball when it comes back in 2021? Not in the slightest, but I'm a grown man, and I understand what negotiating, how much it means to negotiate 
how much money you make and, and what your contract means to raising your family and what it means that to, to lose that money, number one, and to, to realize that uh, the, the, the potential of what this could do a year or two down in the future. That is a big thing for grown people. Now, I'm a grown man. I have a job. I am a diehard baseball fan. Absolutely love it. I would be, uh, it would break me. It's already broken me that I can't, well, I've, I've been watching, you know, reruns of whatever baseball game I can possibly find on Fox Sports or any ESPN or whatever else. But it's, it's still, I, I hate that people keep talking about the fans deserve this. The fans deserve that. The fans don't deserve crap. Yes, you play for the fans because they're the ones that come out and support you and bring in so much more into the sport and become the fanatics. However, you are still a grown man who's supporting a family. Now, your family might be a little bit better off than mine because of the money you make, but that should not have any reason for anyone to think of them any differently than they would think of themselves in that situation. And so I think I look at this differently than I did back in the nineties when I was a kid. Of course, I was just happy baseball came back back then. I could care less because that's who I am. It's the average fan you have to worry about. It's average Tom, Dick and Harry that, you know, still thinks Brandon Phillips plays for the Reds <laughs> yeah. and, you know, walks up to you and say, or, or walks up to you and says, Hey, you know that you know that Nick Votto guy? That Nick Votto, man, I'll tell you what, he couldn't. He he sucks now. He's terrible. Yeah. He couldn't drive a run in to save his life. Those are the guys that you'll lose. Yes. Which for me, adios. I'd rather sit in a baseball stadium with half the people and half the people know what the hell they're talking about than sit next to that rum dumb. Yeah, so, well said. Well said. I'm 100% with you. Same with basketball, any sport, anything I enjoy. Um, if it goes away because of some labor negotiation or whatever, and, and people who make way more money than I could ever imagine making in my entire life put together, um, that doesn't mean anything for, I mean, it's going to stink. It's going to be, you know, I'm not going to like not having live games, like you said, but when it comes back, I'm going to be just as excited. That's, but that's, that's the difference between us and the regular fan. They're not, like when you, when, when you hear ESPN and Fox and sports, um, all these different places talking about how much people are going to dislike this and, and people are going to fall away from baseball. It has nothing to do with me and you. They are not talking about us at all. They're talking about some guy who drives down the road listening to Q102 or B105 country music all day long. Not, not this ding-dong that I don't even think I have an actual FM station saved into my FM side of my radio. It's just AM stations because that's all I do. So it's not us. So I can't think clearly about that, and I don't know what it would do. There's enough people out there that pay a lot of money to go watch random you – know, there's enough people out there that go to three games a year, watch, you know, watch 15 games on TV on weekends when people are at their house and they turn it on. There's enough of those people out there that drive a large dollar amount of, of commercial ads and, and TV 
um, clicks or streams or however they figure all that out through Nielsen now and, and coming to games, even though that's like a, the smallest little percentage of anything that these teams are making, but it's, it's what it comes down to. And I can't answer that question as a guy who has absolutely no idea how those people think. Yeah. For, for you and I, we go to the ballpark. We don't want those people there, but Boy, the hell out of the, no, it depends. It depends. If I've had it's it's three, it's kind of fun beers, for us, right? If I've had three, four of those ten dollar beers, I one hundred percent want that dude. Because then I'm turning around constantly and telling him what he's doing, what he's or I feed into it. Like if he says, "How man, that Nick Votto," I'll be like, "Man, is that what that dude's name is?" I've been I just see all these Votto jerseys. I've been wondering what that dude's so Nick. So talk to me about this Nick guy. Tell me, he doesn't drive runs in. He's third on the team in RBIs. I don't understand. Is that not good? <laughs> Stupid idiots. Yes. Uh, but for, so for us, you know, they're, they're, they're funny. They are definitely funny to listen to. Um, I don't engage like you do with them, but they're, they're, I just <laughs> listen and laugh. But for the owners and for the players, those people are, are just as important or more important than you and I are. Because like you said – those are the people – there are way more of those people that are going to games, unfortunately, because, you know, they're, the people that have season tickets and stuff, yeah, that's great. But your walk-ups, your people that are going as a, as a social gathering with friends sure. to go and have a couple beers and just hang out and talk through a game, that's, oh. that's most oh. of the stadium, honestly. Oh, my gosh, Nancy. Did, can you believe they did that at work today? Guy hits a home run. They're still in the middle of talking about Nancy's – Nancy's second hour of work and, and who tried to backstab her in the office. We've been here for an hour and 45 minutes. It's the seventh inning. I'm getting bored. Let's do the wave. That'd be fun. I, oh, anyway. Oh, with this, nope. Don't do that. <laughs> no, Don't, not do that. Don't do I'll that. Don't do that. 37 minutes into, the, into this podcast, and you're doing that already. No. Don't do that because we will get on a tangent that we can't no, come no. back from. We've got – NBA coming back. We've got James Harden. We've got uh, a dearly departed segment coming back this week. We've got uh, possibly uh, uh, another another baseball segment, and then and then our comedy segment. And you want to derail me with the wave? How dare you, sir? How Here, dare here's you? how here's how I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm just going to go in right now. We talked plenty about baseball, the possibility of them coming back. It's not close enough to even talk about a return yet honestly, because they're so far apart financially. NBA, though, those two sides, the, the Players Association and the NBA and the NBA, um, the leaders there and the uh, owners in the NBA don't have the same conflict issue. They have some. They they're definitely have uh, – they're coming from different places and they have their best interests in mind uh, based on their positions. But – um, they in, historically have worked together much better. Um, a big part of that is we, we've talked a few times already in the last few weeks about the differences in the, um, in the commissioners being a big reason for that. Uh, Adam Silver in the NBA has a much closer relationship with the star players in the NBA. And that's a big reason why, same with David Stern for the most part, he, he, he had better relationships with the star players um, most of them for a long time. So 
Um, they're business people, of course. They're gonna, they want, they want to do the, what's best for the NBA to make the most money for the league, and they work. The commissioners do work technically for the owners, but they, they all have, they're much closer on wanting to do what's best for the sport, best for the game, and best for their league. Um, so speaking of that, they're closer now. It seems like they're inching very slowly, but inching a little bit closer every day to figuring out a return. Now, a lot of the teams have opened up their practice facilities now uh, with definitely with restrictions, mostly only solo uh, workouts for right now um, for the, for the players. And I'm sure some, I'm sure they've got more than one guy coming in now at the same time, but they're using different baskets and staying up, you know, far away from each other um, as much as possible. But it sounds like it's almost definitely going to be in Orlando, right? Wide world of sports um, there. And it sounds like it's probably around late July. Um, and the big thing more than the money they're not that's why this is going to happen before baseball will because the money thing isn't as much of an issue it's more how how the playoffs are going to be structured because it's going to be different whether they're going to play any regular season games when they come back how much you know how many weeks they're going to need to kind of like work back like have another mini camp or whatever another training camp how all that stuff is going to play out how everybody wants it to be and that's, that's the biggest thing. And we're getting all kinds of ideas about how everybody thinks the playoffs should go and what, how many teams. That's the big thing is if they're going to play, if they're only going to play a few regular season games to finish it off or if they're going to play a, a tournament, uh, like a one-and-out tournament or something for some of the teams that, that were close how many teams are going to be involved in that? Because the teams and Damian Lillard mentioned it the other day. If I don't have a chance to make the playoffs, don't bring me back to play four or five regular season games. Don't. I totally agree with that. Forget don't that. Do that. I, right. this, if they bring this back, it has to be a playoff only. We talked about this last week. I don't even care about the guys that didn't make it playing a little tournament beforehand. That, there's no need for that. You got 16 teams. You got eight in the East. You got eight in the West. You've already got the top eight. You've already got them there. You know who they are at this point in the season. Sorry about your luck. Season's cut short. We've got a ridiculous pandemic on our hands. You didn't make it this year. Is what it is. Didn't make it. These 16 teams play the playoffs. Let's get that started. Everybody else, see you next year. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, the only thing is you're going to um, – you're going to do better uh, with, with television viewings if you, have, if you have more teams involved, of course, because more fans from those, from those cities and it's, those surrounding areas. Right now we'd be in the playoffs anyway. So the television viewing, oh, you're saying you're trying to make up money now. You're trying to make up for lost money. So you're right. bringing extra so, things in. So those, okay. So we that. I'm 15, good at that. Right. So we had uh, whatever it was, 15, 20 games left in the regular season when it stopped. So those teams that were a game, two games, three games out of that last of the, of the eighth seed in each league, um, those teams still had an opportunity to possibly make a playoff. So do you do the nine and 10 seeds in each league are playing a tournament or the, or the uh, nine, nine through 12, I guess, seeds? Are they playing? 
a little round robin tournament against the seven and eight seeds or what's what's happening basically they want to be able to play some more games they want to give more teams an opportunity to possibly make the actual playoffs so they're gonna i think they're gonna try to work something out because of that got it i've got it figured out let's hear it already playing in a bubble in disney world right i mean that's pretty Being well careful not to call it a bubble now for some reason oh yeah apparently we're not allowed calling it a bubble because because it's obviously not we're not idiots the point of the bubble is that they're not going to allow these people to be around a whole bunch of other people right, right. so there's going to be regulations set on it that's why they call it a bubble it's disneyland disney world looked it up the other day disney world is the size of san francisco that's ridiculous like it's huge it's not a bubble at all anyway besides the point this is how you solve your tv deal your your all that stuff three game three game series first two the first two rounds of the playoffs three game series everybody's in the playoffs one verse 15 lebron first round of the playoffs you got to play steph oh well yeah that's one versus 30 30 right oh you're saying make them all you want to make it all one i'm still doing east and west but i'm oh, I and see, i also I like yeah, they, that's one verse fifteen in the in the, You're right, in the in west. west, and then you have in the east it would be Cleveland and Milwaukee. So yeah. that's I understand. We can, and I'm totally good. And I, Stephen A. Smith was talking about this, and and I kind of like this. This is the perfect opportunity for you if everybody's in the same place to do what they've been talking about and restructure the playoffs and say, all right, we're going to do sixteen teams, we're going to do twenty four teams, whatever, and just say, boom, here you go. Top to bottom, let's re, re – it's still just the eight teams from the East and the eight teams from the West. Those are the teams that make it in. But it might be West, East, West, East, West, 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 East, 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 East. <laughs> like there might be four East teams at the, bottom of the, at the bottom of the bracket. But they made it in fair and square. I kind of like that idea. I'm, I think that's – I kind of – I enjoy it. I kind of enjoy it. You are such a lifelong, diehard, old-school baseball guy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't handle any change in baseball, but you are so willing to do it in basketball. <laughs> 100%. Yes. It's so true. I get it. I'll take it. Hey, the shoe fits, man. I'm not going to deny I'm not going <laughs> to I am totally good with changing any sport except baseball. Don't mess with my baby. Don't I, mess with I, my baby. I don't want no DHs all the time. <laughs> Reds don't need a damn DH. Let's Mike Lorenzen be our DH anyway, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, he's our best hitter off the bench anyway. <laughs> best hitter and our second best guy out of the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Maybe best, actually. Um, anyway. Uh, so, okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm fine with trying – just about anything, honestly, because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a diehard basketball guy, but you want to give something a shot. If everybody agrees to it, the players association, the owners, the commissioner, all the, the, the NBA deputies and the, the leadership everywhere, everybody agrees. Let's give it a shot. You want to forget East and West go one through 16. You want to keep it East and West. You want to do a play in a play in tournament for, three teams or six teams or 10 teams or whatever, 
Go ahead. But I'm I'm, I'm not gonna lie, man. I I'm I'm the same way, and I I'm okay with it in baseball too. You want to add a couple teams to it? I'm good with that. Have smaller series in the beginning. Norm, I'm good. I never denied saying anything about oh. that when we talked about that last week. Did I? Maybe I did. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said no way, but that was a while ago. Yeah, I said no way. Okay, this is a different day, dude. Listen, I'm, man, I'm LeBron James. I'll flip-flop on you quicker than anybody you ever seen. <laughs> I'm a flip-flopper, too, sometimes. I get I'll that. flip-flop on you faster than the ones I got on my feet. Look at this. Hey, there's a reason, there's a reason I got these things on this day. I'm a flip-flopping. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, seriously, though, it, it, when it comes down to it, as long as we're playing, I'm good if it's a one-time thing. Don't, don't try to sneak something in on me and try to make it a full change. That I don't like. If y'all can agree, this is one time for now, except for the way you get paid. I, I, I do not like that at all. I am totally for – if you agree on the way you want to get paid, you all agree on it, you're good. However, don't try to cheat somebody. I don't like that at all. You get, I, don't, I don't like people – if I feel cheated, not if I feel cheated. If somebody feels cheated – then I feel like they're being cheated, then, then you need to, to think about it. And whether they are or they aren't, that has to be taken in, into consideration. Um, besides that, I'm, I, could do, I could do a little bit of uh, a switching things up for a year. It might be fun. The NBA All-Star Game was a blast this year uh, for the first time in a long time. I, 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 can, I don't even watch the All-Star Game ever, but after hearing all the stuff that went down, I'll watch next year. Yeah, yeah, the new rule changes they had. That's right. Um, <clears throat> okay, so you know, it's so it's become. Don't sneak those rule changes in with like everybody's got to race the twenty-four in the fourth quarter or some goofy stuff. Don't don't try to sneak that in on me on a regular season. That's a one-time kind of deal, dude. Don't play yeah. me like that. <laughs> in, in in baseball, you're you're like, hey, you're you're coming to get me with this rule change with this one-time thing. No, that it's going to be permanent if we do it once. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop giving you time about that. I am. It is what it is. Listen, I, uh, I'm, a I, I, I'm that I'm way too. I'm telling you. I understand when I'm saying when I'm saying something that is makes no sense between two different sports. <laughs> I can be completely opposite because you know what? I'm going to be. You feel differently. You have different, you have different emotions about them. I totally understand that. It makes sense. You have okay. totally different emotions about it. And it's like we said, there, there are people that, that, that I, maybe I'm that guy in basketball for basketball uh, that I was making fun of that. I can't stand sitting next to at a baseball game. Oh, Maybe no, 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 no. that casual no. fan. I'm not that casual fan for basketball. No, because you have you, you have those you have those people at Xavier games. You know you you are. Oh my gosh, we talk about that all, all the time. Right. I'm I, I gotta stop trying to get you worked up. All right, so <laughs> I'm already there. So the thing, <laughs> very very small line now. Don't cross it because I'm bored. Right. With each topic that we talk about tonight, I'm gonna try to get you worked up about something. I'm two for and two. And then once you get me once you get me to that point. Switch it. Just let's jump. It. Let's go to this James Harden thing. Talk to me about James Harden. What so, happened okay. that James Harden's so uh, butthurt about? Hey, you already know I can't stand James Harden. Well, okay. So I'm not sure that he's even butthurt about it, okay? It, but people started bringing it up right away. It's been two and a half weeks or something now that this happened. But we, we spent the last five weeks on the last dance, so we didn't talk about this yet. But I, I think it's interesting enough to, uh, to bring it up again, and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, 
because some people were making a big deal about it. I don't even know if James Harden, I'm sure somebody asked him about it, but I don't even know what he said about it. There was a call that Adam Silver had, a Zoom call like this. Basically, you and I are doing the exact same thing that LeBron James and Adam Silver and all these guys are doing because that's how we all do business now. Me and, me and LBJ are just like, we're, we're brothers, man. You guys, are, you guys basically do all the same things in life. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so on this call, it was a superstar call, which I don't know. I guess you can feel a lot of different ways about this, but – there were only a certain there were only certain guys invited to this call. And I don't know okay. who made the decision. I don't know if it was Adam Silver. I don't know if Adam Silver and Chris Paul, because he's he's the uh, player, he's the player rep or whatever for the uh, ML for the NBA Players Association. Okay. But it was LeBron James, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Stephen Curry. Those were the guys on this call with Adam Silver kind of having a discussing kind of the, the beginning to basically giving their opinion on how to go about getting a season going again. Okay. So the leading scorer in the league uh, for the last couple of years, I think, one of the best players for the last five years in the league, one of the top four or five players probably, um, a guy who is kind of revolutionizing the game offensively. In a bad way, right, though? And not in a great way. It depends way. on like, how you look at it. He's, I he's, don't look at it in a good way at all. There are very annoying things about what's happening with the way that he plays, but he is also averaging 37 points a game this year. I could average 37 points a game if I shot 500 shots in a game. That's 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 stupid basketball player. That's stupid basketball fan talking without really paying attention to the actual numbers. That is not true. I take that back. But their offense is shooting that many shots. He's shooting a ton of shots because the offense is designed that way. Right. Now, so so his usage is is his usage is crazy high. Um but anyway, either way, you could, would agree that James Harden is probably all the names that I just mentioned. Would you agree that James Harden is right there with all of those other guys? Sure. As far as being like, a star. Yeah. But how many can he, can, are, they, are they really going to have a Zoom call with 15 people on it? No, you got to cut it off somewhere. Take <laughs> love James Harden. A Zoom call with up to a hundred or three hundred, depending on the Zoom account that you have, and the NBA has the biggest one, I'm sure. You can get up to like a thousand people on a Zoom call or something like that. What? Yes. Don't ask me to be on that call. Absolutely okay. not. They're not going to do a Zoom call with every single player in the league, which is why this superstar group. Because there's always there's always two kids in my son's Google Meet thing that the teacher says, all right, everybody, mute your thing. And when I ask you a question, hit the unmute button. No. You get that many grown men with kids, right? You got some kid going, hey, daddy, let me watch this. Oh, no, no, don't do that. And not paying attention to a thing. But he never turned his mute on. So that's the only person we can hear with this silly yellow box around our face. By the way, this cracks me up. That it's telling me who's talking by a box. If I can't hear, hear who's talking, I don't feel like we need this yellow box around our uh, picture. 
<laughs> okay. So are you saying that James Harden is the guy that puts it at a too high a number because his kids are going to be running around and he's the one that's going to be wrecking the call? Is that what you're trying to say here? I'm not saying he's the one. I'm just saying you, you got to cut it off sometime or it's going to get too big. It's going to get out of hand. So James Harden is the one. He is – all those other guys are at a higher level star than James Harden. If you – if you're basing it off, being at, off, off of star potential, off of who's the biggest star – then maybe, um, I mean, uh, if that if that's the case, I mean, may I don't I, I don't know. I feel like he's right there with Russell Westbrook. He's the same, or maybe a little lower. There, I feel like Russell Westbrook is liked and probably has more. Let's do it by the, let's do it this way. You want to talk about stars? Then it should be off endorsement deals. Let's say whoever makes most off endorsements, I want the top eight. Give me the top eight endorsement guys. They're there. James Harden just fell to number nine, man. Okay. Like he dropped her because Adidas uh, dropped him because he was trying to – he kept wearing his Jordans. He refused to take his Jordans off. Huh. Okay. So, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure that that's not how they determine who was going to be on this call by endorsement deals. I know but that. But I know you know. Um, it's, it was interesting to me. It seems like the guy that leads the world in scoring – might be on this call uh, with these other guys. I think he's a bigger star than Russell Westbrook, to be honest with you. I do. Um, I love Russell Westbrook. I like Russell Westbrook more than I like James Harden. But as far as the best players think, in the league – I don't think James Harden player? is liked throughout the league. I don't think James Harden is liked that much. I've never think... heard good things about James Harden. I mean, he I, – I, so I don't think Adam Silver probably wanted to take – bring him into that group you already know he can't stand uh chris paul and the other guys he played against with and that could be the biggest one and i'm sure that's already been a point brought up but that's probably the biggest reason chris paul's the head of the players association right he's not having chris paul come join that he probably picked the people that were going to be on it not adam silver okay that's what i that's what i was getting at is so there are a few interesting things. That was one of them. He and Chris Paul, it didn't work out in Houston with those guys. And at the end, it came out that they weren't in – everybody kind of says it was overblown and all that kind of stuff. But they were the two biggest stars, the best players on that team in Houston last year. And they – there, you know, there was video evidence of them kind of disagreeing on stuff, which happens constantly. But when it's two stars – it gets it does get blown out of proportion most of the time. Um, sure, and it does happen on Although, every team anyway. Exactly, we just watched it. We just watched a bunch of it with the with the Bulls. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but there was talk that those two didn't get along. They didn't love each other personally. Um, no, it might be true that not everybody loves James Harden, but I think that's also true. That's definitely true for Chris Paul. A lot of people do not like Chris Paul. <laughs> um, a well, lot. He was the a lot of guys don't like together. LeBron. A lot of guys don't like Steph Curry. I, I, I haven't heard. I've never heard somebody say either of those two. I've never heard someone that oh, didn't yeah. like LeBron or Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I, I've heard. I've heard plenty of people talk, say that there are guys in the league that don't like Steph. 
because they think he's overrated or they don't like LeBron because of whatever they, you know, they don't, they could never play with him because of the way he plays or something like that. But well, no, that's different. KD talked about not being able to play with certain people can't go and play with LeBron. There's that doesn't one. mean people don't like playing with him. But, but what I'm saying is that doesn't mean just because you don't like playing with them or you don't feel you fit in well, your game fits in with the way that he would want to run a team, doesn't necessarily mean you don't like him. There are people that literally just don't like Chris Paul. It has nothing to do with being able to play in a system with him. All that stuff with KD was more about playing in a system with LeBron. I'm sure there are guys in the league that dislike every single one of those guys on that list. I mean, or, or a person in the league that dislikes somebody on that list. Like, there are people that dislike Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know who they are, but there are people that don't like him, I'm sure. That's ridiculous. I, I don't want to talk about ridiculous, too. But <laughs> anyway – I don't know what I don't know who you know who decided. Now you would think that if Chris Paul didn't want him on the on the thing, you would think that his current teammate, that James Harden's current teammate Russell Westbrook, would step up and be like, "I kind of feel like James should be on this call," or he I just think made like LeBron as, made as the face of the whole league should be like, would be like, "Do we have everybody we need?" And by the way, another person, as people were talking about James Harden, another person people somebody brought up was. If we're talking about the top stars in the league, and especially because one of his teammates was on this call, how about Anthony Davis? Sure. Is he, is, is yeah, he but, there? But, no. Well, I think I think sure. I think Anthony Davis and James Harden have bigger are bigger stars than Damian Lillard. But why take more than one person from a team? You're trying to get you're bringing these guys in because you want the feel of the people that they're with. You don't need both Anthony Davis and LeBron James to tell you what the feel of that team is. You just need one. And you don't need one from every team, obviously, uh, because then you'd have six, uh, 30 people on a Zoom call, and then I'd want to shoot myself in the head. So that was a joke back to the little kids and everything. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think Dame Lillard is the one that, it, like, if Dame Lillard wasn't on there and James Harden was, Nobody would be talking about this about Damian Lillard. Damian so, Lillard is – I'll put him up there with uh, top five, six, ten players in the league without a doubt. But if you're talking about stars and that's why you want to put him in there, I don't think he's a, as big a star as somebody like that as, as, as Harden is. Yeah, I, I think we could go on and on about this um, because there are, there, there are a couple guys that you could probably be like – I don't know. I'd be okay with Damian Lillard not being on. I'd be okay with Russell Westbrook not being on. If you're taking one guy from a team, it's surprising to me that for the Rockets, if it's going to be between those two, that it wouldn't be James Harden over Russell Westbrook. And like I so said, I like Westbrook more than I like James Harden. But if you're talking about if you're if you're getting together a group of the biggest stars because you think just like you know people for years have talked about, well, you know when when big stars are on a team. When, when the Patriots want to make a move, do they go to Tom Brady and ask his opinion first? Do they go to Michael Jordan and ask his opinion first? Do they go to whomever, to, to LeBron or whoever? You know, um, if, that's, if that's in play, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think that, that Harden would be the one that would be kind of, kind of over the top of Russell Westbrook. However, like you said, to get back to it, uh, first off, 
Chris Paul was in charge of getting the, the players together. Harden's not going to be involved. Second off, if you think Russell, Res- Russell Westbrook was asked, listen, hey, we'd like you to be on this superstar, you know, eight, the, the, the Elite Eight call with us. I know, but James Harden's not going to be on there. Are you okay with that? Russell Westbrook in a heartbeat is like, Psh, hell yeah, I'm okay with that. Let's go. I'm Russell Westbrook. So? I'm the greatest thing that's ever walked on the face of the earth because that's how he feels. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he would he would come to the aid of his teammate though if he felt like if he had the option. I think if he had the option. Really, really? you think very highly of Russell Westbrook. Uh, I do sometimes. I flip flop. <laughs> I flip flop a lot on Russell Westbrook. All right. Um, okay, so so what it sounds like to me is we have uh, Dream Team Scandal Two. All right, Chris yeah. Paul is Michael, James Harden is Isaiah Thomas. There it you is. Do this real quick. You do this real quick. No, let's not do it. <laughs> yeah. Here's what here's what I want to do. Let's go. Right, and let, 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 let's talk about something. So last week, uh, we talked about the last episode, the last two episodes of the uh, the Last Dance, the documentary about the Bulls. Sorry, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, slash documentary about the Bulls, <laughs> the 90s Bulls. Um, and part of that was the last two episodes were mostly about the Bulls and Jazz because they played uh, each other in the finals, 97 and 98, right? Right. Uh, the coach of both of those Jazz teams and the coach of the Utah Jazz for 23 seasons was Jerry Sloan. 23 seasons? 23 seasons, right? second longest tenure of any coach ever in the NBA uh, behind pop behind pop. Is that is uh, pop the longest? How long is pop in the, uh, with the Spurs? He's right about there. I think he's right about 22. So 22, who's, number one? who's number um, one on? I was going to say maybe red hour back, maybe red. Um, it's either red or pop, but anyway, Jerry Sloan was, was, head coach of the Utah Jazz, he was with the organization for like 34 years because he was a scout first. He was an assistant coach. He was, I think, in the front office for a couple of years. He played too, right? I mean, he may not have played for them, but he played in the league. He played. He was an all-star for the Chicago Bulls. He was like the first great Chicago Bull. That's right, because I played uh, – I was an all-time Chicago Bulls team against, against my boy on NBA 2K18 that he's got. And uh, I and Jerry Sloan's on the Bulls. He with Michael Jordan. He plays with Michael Jordan on that team. <laughs> Jerry Sloan. So last second shot, you're going Jerry Sloan over Michael Jordan, right? Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, if we don't have Steve Kerr on that team, I guess we got to go with Jerry Sloan. <laughs> Apparently, Jerry Sloan was known not for his not for his scoring ability, but for his his uh, toughness and his tenacity and his defense. He was one of those guys. And he was, he was known for his toughness, and he was known as a coach for that as well. And what I, what I basically wanted to – so Jerry Sloan passed away last week, right? I think the day after we – yes, after, after we did this. So, yes, we're moving into our long-lost favorite segment, The Dearly Departed. And I don't know why I laugh every time we start talking about The Dearly Departed. It's the, we should never laugh about this. We shouldn't laugh about it. And here's the, here's the reason I wanted to bring up Jerry Sloan. Last week, I talked about how strange I thought he was. And the next yeah. day, the man passes away. And Ooh. I felt kind of bad 
but I was, you know, I was kind of joking about it because I, I just remember mostly his hall of fame speech and just yeah. thinking that was so odd, but I think he may have been inducted the same year. Michael was, I could be wrong about that, but anyway, no, so it's two I, bad no. hall of fame speeches in one sitting, but anyway, Jerry Sloan, I thought that about him ever since then. And I, Chris, I got to tell you, I was blown away by the reaction from NBA players past and present that knew that, that like had such feelings about Jerry Sloan passing away. I didn't realize he was that highly regarded, that revered in basketball, even with younger guys, guys younger than me that weren't around when Jerry, that weren't playing in the league when Jerry Sloan was coaching. I mean, he's been gone for six, seven, eight, nine years. I don't know. I don't remember how much it was, but yeah, maybe 10 years or something. But guys are like, man, this guy is a, a, a legendary, uh, a legendary person in our game because of his, um, because I guess just the way that he played and coached. I mean, people really, really spoke up about about being saddened by the loss of Jerry Sloan. And that, that like, hit me in a way that I was like, wow, I, he must not have been as strange a guy as I thought because people seem to love him. You can still be a pretty strange dude and everybody still like you, right? I mean, uh, your likability doesn't necessarily go off how strange of a dude you are. For I mean, me, it does. Okay, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I, you know what? Um, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot for this. Uh, I'm blown away by the 23 years. Never would have thought that. Um, and probably, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't have much for this except for I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by all the same things you're surprised about. He was, uh, he was the first couple, just a couple more quick stats before we move on. The first coach to win a thousand games at the same organization. Um, in, in his 23 years, this is really impressive. In his 23 years, he had one season that the Jazz were below 500. That's wow, that's really impressive. The cycle. Yes. I wonder if he came in to the league with Carl Malone and John Stockton. I mean, that's not a bad way of not come in, but started his coaching career and then went 23 years because I mean, uh, Malone played what 15 years with them before he moved on or didn't he something like that might have been 16 or something like yeah it was right around there yeah and then last you know three four uh but i don't know man that's so yes it was right around there uh 1984 which i think was the year that stockton was uh drafted i think he was in the he was in the same draft with jordan um So, so yeah, I mean, he came in, he, he became, he was an assistant already um, and he became the head coach in 1984. So uh, yeah, he was there the entire Stockton Malone era and not too much longer after they left, uh, after Stockton <laughs> retired, uh, he, he spent a few more years and then he, he called it quits. But um, yeah, he, he uh, so while he was the while he was the coach for 23 years, there were 245 coaching changes around the league. That's insane. Five yeah. teams were added to the league 
from the time he started to the time he finished his coaching career. What? Um, yeah, Charlotte, Memphis, wow. Toronto, Orlando, and Minnesota all were not teams when he started coaching as a head coach. Malone came on the team. Uh, he was drafted in 85. He only played one year with the Lakers. Why did I think he played two years with the Lakers? Yeah, I, I – I didn't uh, remember whether it was one or two either, but I know they went uh, – yeah, I guess it was just that one year because I think Gary Payton may have only been there that so one Stockton, year. Stockton left the 2 3 after the 2 3 season, and Malone left after Stockton retired when Malone left. So that was it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nice, stupid thing. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years for Carl Malone, 19 years for John Stockton on that team. So if he was there for 23, he basically just coached John Stockton and Carl Malone. Yeah. I think I'd stick around too. And when they left, I'd probably be like, mm, this isn't so fun anymore. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I finally uh, am going to have a, I'm finally seeing their possibility of having a losing season. We have Darren yeah. Williams and Carlos Boozer now, but I don't know. I'm 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 getting up there in age, so I gotta. I, I should call. probably talk about So he was uh, 78 years old. 78 years old. Uh, you know, that's a young man. I, I feel like that's way too young. Yeah, it's always it's always it always feels way too young to die. But 78 is not – I don't – I do not agree with that in any fashion at all. But you don't think 78 – If I'm 106 and somebody says, hey, what would you wish for when you blew the candles out? And I was like, to die. That's what I wish for. What's the life expect? Is life expectancy like 80 or something now? It's probably 79 uh, or 80. I think he lived – I feel like it's in that area. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like if you die younger than 80, I feel like – Feel like dying in your 70s is too young but i feel if you die on your 80th birthday that's about normal <laughs> okay that, that's true most people statistically most people die on their 80th birthday you're right paul witt paul witt always said he always said he was gonna live to be 80 you tell people all the times i'll be 80 oh, i'll die 80 uh, yeah i'll die, I'll die 80. i i want that so badly because if he lives to be 80 i'm not gonna be around to see him go because i'm going before that I'm going think before he's 80. He's only got 30 years left. Is he? No, he's 50. I know. I know. You got 30 years. You think you only got 30 years left? I'm not making it to 68, pal. I'm not making it to 68. <laughs> <laughs> not a good thing, brother. I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to be the, the next guy to die from choking on a cookie. Um, oh, I was going to say cookie dough. Oh, that's good. Cookie yeah. dough. Even better. Yep. Uh, uncooked. They, to, they go to clean your, they go to clean your arteries out and all they find is cookie dough. <laughs> oh, so it was a heart attack. No, he, he had cookie dough stuck in his breathing tube. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. First man ever autopsy shows cookie dough in DNA. <laughs> all right. So, so RIP Jerry Sloan. Uh, sorry to see you go. Uh, apparently more of a legend in basketball than I even knew. Now, speaking of him, I have been working on through this being at home and I have, you know, this, I've stayed home more than anybody else I know. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And I, so I have been working a lot of nights. I've put a ton of hours in probably way more money than I should have into this project that uh, I, I have gotten all of my baseball, basketball, all of my sports cards that we collected growing up. I got them from upstairs in storage and brought them down. They've all been in my living room and my dining room, which I haven't had anybody over, thank God, because yeah. my living room floor and my dining room table have been covered in baseball and basketball cards for almost three yeah. months now. Hey, hey, listen, it probably looks better that way. I, it does to me. I, I love sitting there working all day long on my computer and I can look over and see a 1988 Eric Davis uh, Fleer 88, you know. I feel like the 89, uh, I feel like uh, maybe you look over and see a 1989 uh, Billy Ripken Fleer. I feel like 1989 Fleer, Billy Ripken, I think you need to find that card. Boy, I, I don't think I have that card. I should probably know because I've just been sorting my resorting all of these cards for all this yeah. time. I'm working on baseball now. But would you really remember Billy Ripken, like a Billy Ripken 89 Fleer when you're going through everything? You wouldn't just remember that, would you? I, maybe not. Maybe not. 89, I'm writing like this down. I feel like you should write it down. And I feel, you, feel like you should check it out. Maybe, maybe even Google 89 Fleer Billy Ripken. And uh, just look at the knob of his bat. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, so to to bring this story on, we 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 we're doing really well on this podcast. By the way, we are uh, we're we're a mere hour and eighteen minutes into the recorded session. Uh, so I feel really good about having plenty of time to go over this. Good. So my, as, as we've talked about before, my dad uh, is a huge card collector, uh, which made me a big card collector growing up. So 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, we have thousands of cards. Uh, dad's got a, I mean, we, literally a closet from bottom to top, boxes of cards, albums of cards. Uh, a, a whole sh it's it's he's got more cards than than any person I know that's not uh, somebody who goes to card shows and displays their you know tries to buy and sell cards that owns a card shop yeah that owns a card shop there you go <laughs> so that being said 1989 I was six years old uh oh <laughs> so I. Uh, I, I was uh, having a conversation with another guy who uh, collects baseball cards the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's telling me about when he was about 11 or 12, and you had to have a Billy Ripken 89. You, you, you wanted to get the 89 Fleer to get the Billy Ripken out of there. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, I, why that card? And he's like, for real? You're this big, this big card collector. You're telling me all about your dad. You don't know anything about that. And I was like, I know zero about whatever you're talking about. It says F face on the knob of Billy Ripken's bat. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to drop it. I'm going to say F and uh, basically just take the word duck and replace it with F and then face on the knob of Billy Ripken's bat in this car. Now, not every card's that way. Some of them, it got left on. 
Some of them have a black square around it. Some of them have a white square around it. Apparently the white square is the uh, hardest one to find. Uh, the one that everybody loves, obviously, is the one that says the words on it. The, and the black square is, yeah, the, the black square is what most people have. I had never heard about this, so I call my dad. I said, Pops, you do me a favor. He goes, what? I said, I need you to go down and see if you can find box 89, uh, 89 Fleer, your, our set, like the set. We had uh, every set in the 70s, 80s, and most of the 90s. We, we opened boxes of cards until we collected a set. That's what we did. And we put the set in a box. All the commons we put in another box. I said, I need you to go down there and find Billy Ripken. It's card number whatever, 1623 or something. And he's like, nope, we don't have it. And I said, what? <laughs> you know about that? He goes, yeah, I know all about that. He said, to be honest, I've got a whole box of 89 Fleer down there that we've never opened. I've got a box. He has a box of cards we've never opened. I said, I want, to through the, I want to go through that box now. He goes, I said, how do I never know about this? He said, you were six years old. <laughs> what was I going to tell you about that card when you were six years old? And, you know, me and my dad are best friends. We've got a great relationship. We don't necessarily, uh, up until recently, you know, when I started working with him, and work settings are way different than right. regular settings. Did you ever hear your dad drop an F-bomb? Right. So it was uh, – I made sense that I never heard of it and I never seen it, but I was a little disappointed as a guy that calls himself a huge card fan to not know about one of the most popular baseball cards to ever walk the face of the earth. Well, don't feel bad. I knew about that, but I forgot about it until you said that. I, you that, knew about it. I didn't know about it till two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Cause I, you saw my reaction as soon as you said, as soon as you said the knob of his back, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one. What I, what I did not know is that, and I feel like after you started saying that, I feel like I heard maybe a story that they stopped production at some point when they found out about it or something, but I did not know that they were releasing them with either black or white squares. I never knew that. Um, there's so a, you know, I, did, I didn't do a bunch of research, but there's – Apparently the white square, I think, is the one that's the least common. So it's actually worth the most. It's worth a few hundred dollars if you have one of those. Oh, wow. Wow. That's yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> that's big because the card industry, the value of cards has gone way down over the years, right? Compared sure. to when we were growing up. Um, I, I feel like the value of all cards have gone down. However, the value of certain cards have stayed steady or went up you know, your, your Griffey rookies, your, your bench rookie, you know, certain hall of fame rookie cards and, and inserts and things like that. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, it got to the point in the two thousands, early two thousands, maybe late nineties, probably late nineties where there was 700 cards in a set and you just, and then you, when you opened a pack of them, you only got five cards in a pack. So it just, there was like 12 inserts, and you can never – it made it impossible to collect anything. See, I feel like that's the case. The, the, the newer cards are more like that. I, I felt like in the 80s – That started 90s, in the early 90s, in the mid-90s. That's when that's – mid to late 90s, probably late 90s, 98, somewhere around there. That's when that started because that's when cards really started going – you got way less collectors. You got people the, – the, the card 
family went down. However, in the mid 2000, like 2008 to 2010, somewhere in there, tops, I think, started bringing out that old uh, 15 card pack again, trying to get people back into collecting cards. That's my big thing is you used to get 15 cards in a pack and when, you know, kind of toward the end of when I stopped really like going to card shops and buying cards and stuff all the time, it was like, you know, and, and you would go in, we were kids, we would go into to one of the, you know, Delhi dugout or bleachers or, or uh, two that we went to, right. Yeah. You had bleachers down by you. I had Delhi dugout and we never went to uh, the dude down on Glenway though, because he was mean as a hornet. Well, I, I used to go there a lot too, but we would do more those two though. You're right. Because they what were close the to our house. What's what was that? The guy down, what was the guy down on Glenway? I think he, still, he may even still be there. Still there. It's still open. And I drive by it all the time. Gold coins. You do like gold coins there and stuff like it's, that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And they do like Magic the Gathering and all that kind of stuff. Now they're like, yeah, people are into that. I feel like most of those hard places do some a lot of that stuff. Pokemon and crap like, sorry, not crap like that. <laughs> Heaven forbid I say something and try to become a politician and I can't become a politician because hey. I said Pokemon cards are crap. Just just wait till the YouTube comments come out on this video, buddy. You're in trouble. Bring them on, baby. Let's go. I got big <laughs> shoulders. Come on. Hey, you know what I think about Pikachu? He can peek a little chew at this. That's what I say. You take that. You oh, take man. your, He's a, your tell you, dragon card. P- Pikachu's a real Billy Ripken bat knob. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so... But but something that I just I found out yesterday, um, and I only looked into it for a couple minutes, but I'm I'm blown away. Something that's diff- different, another thing different about the industry now, the card industry is, I I'm pretty sure. So they had the the price guide was like the Bible to us, right? It was yeah, the Beckett. You had to get Beckett, the Beckett basketball Beckett baseball card month. There used to be two. I can't remember what the other one was called, but the one that everybody used was Beckett was Beckett right and um so that's what we got and the the covers were always really cool the inside was cool you had the price guide portion which you had like advertisements and stuff like that with sports with athletes in it and everything it was a cool yeah. magazine to have and we I we used to buy them like almost every month right I think now they I think they release it once a year I'm pretty sure they they only release it once a year and it's and it costs like you can get it online, but you have to pay for it online. So you and it's like thirty bucks now. Like you got a monthly. You used to get a monthly magazine with all the prices of every card that existed for like five bucks, six bucks, maybe something like that. It's thirty yeah. bucks. It's like thirty well, bucks now. Cheap. I don't think so. It was ten. It was like ten bucks back then. I mean, it wasn't was it? cheap. Dad had to buy it. I could never. I never bought it because it cost too much. Dad always bought it. Was it. Beckett, was, Beckett was expensive. Yeah, it was expensive to get that. Well, then maybe if if it's only thirty bucks, thirty to thirty five, whatever it is now, and it's only yearly, then and that makes sense. Then maybe it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't like that once a year thing. That's no fun. It's no fun. I used I'm to. Pretty sure. I used to collect Beckett's for the cover. Like I collected Sports Illustrated's. That's how we rich. Me and my dad work. That's an, that's another thing I've done. I just I kind of started this whole project because I had a ton of magazines, and over the last couple of years, I had probably a thousand magazines that I went through and put a big stack of the ones I'm willing to get rid of that I for five years have been 
I'm oh. going to sell them at a yard sale. And then all the ones that I wanted to keep, you can't get rid of those. You got to keep them. So I, I'm going to go use the restroom, but Good. I want you to say two things, your favorite card, baseball card, basketball card, whatever favorite card and your favorite, um, your favorite, uh, uh, uh magazine that you have. Okay. All right. So my, it's really hard to pick out of every single card that has ever been made or even just narrowing it down to the ones that I own. Um, I have thousands like you do. Um, and I, it, I don't, I'm not sure I could pick one card. That's my favorite. Um, going through all these cards for the last couple months. Um, I've, I've, Felt like I really like a lot the art cards. Um, so these were Upper Deck and Donruss are the two I think that have um, that released the most of these kinds of cards. And they were like drawings or paintings that some artists did for that were put onto cards. Um, so the the Donruss was Diamond Kings. Uh, it was like an insert card that you could get, and it was like pretty special to get one of those. And uh, and same thing with some of the upper deck from way back in the '80s. They were doing '80s and '90s. They were doing those cards. So so you're back now. I'm talking about the favorite cards, and I don't know if I can narrow it down to one, but I'm I'm saying that um, the the like art cards, the ones that were like drawings or paintings, like the Donruss Diamond Kings or Diamond Kings, yeah. Right, um, Kangaroo Junior Diamond Kings from. Oh man, I can't remember. It was probably ninety That's or one something. of one of my top five cards by far. Yeah, so I really I love 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 those cards. Um, so I mean, besides that, probably the oldest Michael Jordan and Larry Bird cards that I have. Maybe the oldest Jordan card might be my favorite card. Yeah, um, if I'm narrowing it down to one, magazines. I, it, that's really hard too. I have a lot in the, the stack that I decided to keep a long time ago. I'm, I actually have bought sleeves to keep those in and binders to keep magazines in too, uh, because I'm a weirdo and those are just going to sit in storage forever uh, after I get this done. So I'm doing it for no reason, but I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm doing that with magazines too. And there's a magazine that maybe might be my favorite, but I just bought it like a year ago at an antique store. Yes, that card. I'm pretty sure I have that card. I think I just actually. I think I just sorted that card a couple of days ago. I've got multiple of them. That's my. That's my one of by far one of my favorite cards. That's a that's a good one, and that's right at the beginning of his career too. Yep. Um, so, uh, but there's a Sports Illustrated that Larry Bird was on the cover of, and it was from I want to say like '86 or '87, maybe, maybe '85. Um, so, and I, I bought that magazine at an antique store within the last year or whatever. Um, but yeah, I have a million sports illustrated ESPN, the magazine, uh, from years and years ago that I still have for some reason. Um, yeah, I, love I have I have a giant collection also, speaking of magazines and cards, combining those two things, Sports Illustrated for kids. You and I both got that magazine growing up, correct? Forever. Forever. 
they had in every issue, they had cards, right? And they were like perforated on a one sheet and you would have to, to like tear the cards apart. Yeah. And um, so I did that. I, I kept them in full for a long time. And then at some point a long time ago, I got rid of the Sports Illustrated for kids magazines. But when I did that, I tore out all the cards from it. I still have all of those cards. I have a few hundred Sports Illustrated for kids cards. I have those in books, like in, in albums. That's how I used to collect. That's so silly. <laughs> I just now at 38 put them in albums. So that's how silly this is. My favorite card that I ever had in my life is not a baseball card. I think if I told the story, if I told the story on the air of the Michael Jordan skybox and the Tony Gwynn rookie card, I don't think so. I don't remember it. We went to my, me and my dad would go to baseball card shows all the time. Card shows all the time. There, there was quite a few of them. Moeller used to have one of the biggest ones around the city of Cincinnati. They had a huge one in their gym. Anyway, we were somewhere at one, and I saw a. There's this Michael Jordan. It says prototype along the top of it, right? Now I'm, I don't know, nine, ten years old. It said prototype, and I was like, "That's a special card." It was a, it was a Michael Jordan skybox prototype, and uh, pops looked at the guy and he says, "Hey, I got a, uh, I got a, um, I have a Tony Gwynn rookie card. I'll trade you for the Michael Jordan." The guy was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll trade you." And took it, took it there. Dad had like three or four of the Gwens, or else he would have never brought them to the show. But I'll never forget that in my life. Favorite card I ever had. I, it's worth a couple hundred bucks. It's it's an it's a expensive card. Like I've we've looked it up here recently. It's a it's a big card. But at the same time, not a baseball card for my favorite all time card. And it's more because of the story behind it. I don't ever remember my dad trading for cards. I remember him buying common cards because we couldn't complete a set. And he would be like, I need, I need card number 36, 28, and 52. And they were all, you know, 10-cent cards. And he'd give the guy a buck and give three cards, and we were good to go. That's the one time I remember that, and that's my favorite card all time. I'll tell you what, that Skybox, that year of Skybox, which was 90, I gold, think. That gold around the edge. The, the in the the like the background like the there was you know like um not fire but just like lines like colored lines around the back. yeah and that's what it was yeah or circles or yeah different things like that like here's the here's the magic johnson so his is like yes. circles those that might be my favorite brand of any year of any card that i that really? i love 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 that skybox set um, so yes, and I have a lot of those and uh, I love, I just love those cards. Um, the last thing, since you mentioned Tony Gwynn, that I'm, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll bother you with this because I could talk to you about baseball cards all night long. Sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Tony Gwynn. So as I'm sorting, uh, as I'm sorting through these, my cards, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I actually consulted you early on to, to ask you like how you did it and, and that kind of thing. Cause I've, I've reorganized my cards over the years, a hundred times different ways. And so now I'm doing them kind of like you said, you guys kept them in sets. So that I started doing that brand year altogether. 
And I like that because I like the aesthetic of it. I like flipping through a binder of pages and all the cards look exactly the same for so many pages in a row. And you leave a space for the card you don't have, right? So you got one through 200. You got 200 pages. You got one, two, three, four. Don't have five, but you got six. You got to leave a space. You got to leave a space. So that's what I'm not doing that. But I'm because I'm not trying to collect the sets. And I was going to say you're not, and you're not opening 1987 Donneris anymore. You know, but I am um, because I have in the last few years bought boxes of cards because Chris, I still get the same joy from opening a box and opening 36 packs of cards that yeah. I did when I was a kid. I'm telling you, it gives me joy. It's for a different reason now, I think, because it reminds me of how much fun we had doing that and how it fun it was collecting <laughs> cards and getting a brand new pack of cards. Oh my God, I know who that is. He's awesome. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I got this card. When we were little, when we were, when we were you know, from probably from seven to 15, if you came to the Wits house, there was a good chance you were either going to ride your bike to Delhi dugout or my dad was just going to randomly bring home a box of cards and we were going to spend the day opening cards. Or I used to, we, I remember, so trading cards as kids was huge in the seventies, right? In the eighties, it was huge. Yeah. I remember as a kid telling my cousins to bring their cards over. I used to love telling Tony, whatever, yeah, let's go to Del High Dugout. You buy, you get, you get some cards. I'll get some cards. We'll go home, open them, and then we'll trade. Because I take all his good cards. <laughs> he liked Kirby Puckett. All I needed to do was pull Kirby Puckett out. I get any card I wanted from him. <laughs> I'll trade you this Kirby Puckett for that Michael Jordan prototype. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I still really get a lot of excitement out of out of opening boxes of cards. A couple of years ago, so you know, you do the white elephant gift exchange thing, um, and, and so at my uh, my uh, dad's side of the family, one of my uncles was a big baseball guy. He used to collect cards and stuff, and he bought he got uh, his gift that he wrapped and put in the the white elephant thing was two boxes. There was like a like an 89 Fleer and a 91 uh, Upper Deck or something like that, like boxes of 80s that. or 90s, yeah, cards. And that was the gift. And that, I, that blew my mind. And my cousin, Jared, another, you know, I'm a huge yeah. guy. Yeah. He and I, like, just, like, battled back and forth. I <laughs> and I got, I got, I ended up with them. And it was just, it, like, made my whole Christmas a couple years ago. But that's uh, I love I love that. Yeah, I love it so much. I'm putting a reminder in my phone for November. <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm gonna watch you walk into the party and look at the present you <laughs> sit under the tree and remember. Oh, dude, I'm gonna biggest box. I'm gonna wrap those in like seven different boxes so you can't tell. <laughs> All I gotta know is the outside one. No, you no no no. I'm saying I'll put the two box of cards in a box. And then put that in a box, and that in a box, and that in a box, and that in a box. So I'll come in with like a four foot by four foot box. Mm -hmm. You won't have any idea what's in it. I know, but you're telling me right now. Yeah, but do you think I'm going to remember? I can't remember what we talked about yesterday. I'm not, not going to remember either. I'm not <laughs> going to remember either. But if you do that, I'm doing – I'm going – 
I am going Uncle Bob cutthroat on getting those cards. Whoa, <laughs> those that's big cards. time. Dude, that's big time. I ain't standing in your way, that's for sure. That's how much I want those cards if you're bringing them. All right. So anyway, the last thing I'm going to say, so I'm sorting them kind of like you said, a little bit different, but um, I, I used to do like my favorite players or the best players at the time. I would get all of their cards together and put them all in a book together, like all to, you know, like I had a book when I was going through these things and kind of, kind of like taking everything out of how it was sorted before. I had a book where I had Ken Griffey Jr.'s, Frank Thomas's, Juan Gonzalez. Um, oh my God, dude! That tells you that's how long they've. That's how long it's been. It's been since I've like resorted these things, like early '90s, early mid '90s. You had you had albums of just one player. Uh, well, like in that case, it would be an album of just whatever five players, like ten, like five, but, six, seven pages of just Griffey's, and after that. Because, you know, we have the big three-ring binders, right? Yep. We had some smaller ones, and, yeah, that might be the case there. But anyway. It was always the big three rings. You had to have the big monsters with a – was there three, six – was it – Was it? Is there nine, nine or nine, twelve? Yeah, nine, nine per page, which is, which is what I'm excited about because I'm putting everything in binders now out of boxes. So I'm going to be able to count my cards or at least come close to it yeah. because I can count by nines now, not by ones. Yeah. Just count by ten and subtract. <laughs> yeah just count number of pages right so anyway um but so what i always did was you know i kept i did always have a book just for michael jordan cards that was the one guy that i had one book for just my michael jordan cards how my that's how my griffies would be yeah and i did have griffies like that for a while um but i and then i would have a book where i would have most of like the you know i had uh all larry birds all magic johnson's all who you know Hakeem Olajuwon's or whatever. So mm -hmm. I had all my favorite or the best players from that time it's all together. And I might've sorted everything else by a uh, year or, you know, something else. Now I, what I did this time, I took everything out. I am, uh, 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 is well, that, are you okay? I thought, I thought, no, I thought I just, uh, I thought, I thought I just popped in my head that I thought I had a box of cards sitting on the steps over here. <laughs> And I was going to go grab it real quick, but go ahead. I got you. No. Um, so what I did though, was I was like, okay, you know what? I could, I have so many favorites. I like so many former players and stuff. I could do that with so many. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make myself more strict. Okay. So Griffey, Bonds, Clemens, all the greatest players ever that I have cards of, I took those all out. I sorted them with everything else, except here are my, and same thing with basketball. I had all my Stockton's together, all my Olajuwon's together, took all those out. I have only Michael Jordan's together, Larry Bird's together. I, I made a decision to do only Barry Larkin's, Eric Davis's, and my favorite non-red of all time, Tony Gwynn. Wow, that's where the Tony Gwynn comes in. Nice. Tony Gwynn. Man, that's, that's so, impressive, Bob. That's impressive. 
of all the all the Hall of Fame legendary baseball players I have cards of. I mean, I have Greg Maddox rookie card. I have I, just you know Clemens rookie. Everybody, Bonds, Griffey. Those are all sorted with everybody else. I have Eric Davis, Barry Larkin, Tony Gwynn. Nice. Nice, nice. I like that. Here's the deal. Here's how I like to do things. I like my sets, right? But if there is an outlier, I'll nix that, throw it in a plastic sleeve, put that in a separate box. Hard plastic. Not, not plastic. Hard plastic sleeve. Yes. I, I, had, I had a stack of probably maybe like 30 or 40 cards in hard plastics. Took all of those yeah. out. All of those out. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just doing all pages in binders, but there's going to be a binder with Gary Larkin, Eric Davis, and Tony Gwynn. There's going to be a binder. Well, probably – well, I might stick my birds because there aren't, there aren't so many of those – that I can fill a three ring binder. So I'm probably going to stick those behind the Jordans and the Jordan book. Yeah, but those are, those are that unique. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think that should bring us to our final segment of the day. It Adam, have you watched the comedy segment for Mr. Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. Called 23 hours to kill, which is kind of like a double entendre sort of a thing. So yeah, Comedians yeah. only work one hour a day, and kill, killing is a big term in comedy. Sure. Right. Yeah, kill it. So, so he's going to write. He's probably writing for 23 hours a day so that he can kill, kill for one. that one hour. So he's killing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start and tell you that he didn't kill it in my book. I love Jerry Seinfeld. I absolutely love Seinfeld. The Seinfeld show is my all-time favorite show ever. However, we were talking the other day about how you said your favorite actor was somebody, and I was like, it's not Andy Griffith? And you were like, ah, well, you know, it's my favorite show. Well, boy, that's the truth when it comes to Jerry Seinfeld. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. I had to start it over the next day and uh, try again. And I found myself not paying too much attention to it the next day. Um, you know, he had some funny stuff. He's funny, but... That's not my comedy, man. He's not, he, it was my kind of TV show. It's not my kind of comedy. I gotcha. Okay. So, um, would you like to rate it then? One to uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it like a, uh, 1.9. I want to, yeah, it was low, man. I, 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 I hate to say that I disliked it that much, but I did – I it wasn't any good to me. I was bored. It was boring. And he gets in these – his voice is so weird. And it was funny in the show. It's oh, – I, I couldn't I, – no good. Chris, I don't want to make you overthink anything or change anything, but that is the lowest score you have given to any of the comedy. I'm not – I'm not overthinking anything. I'm telling, hey, listen, I, I would have I wanted this to be the lowest one. And I love Seinfeld. He's one of my favorite people of all time. Wow. Dropping it down, man. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Jay. Listen, everybody's got a bad special. You're getting old. <laughs> the, the last special he did, I think it was called uh, I'm Telling You for the Last Time or something like that. Yeah, which I he thought, was in, 
It yeah. was supposed to be his very last one he was ever going to do. Yeah, he was back at the original his where he did his very first show, right? I think so. I didn't think that was bad. I thought that was good, except for it was a lot of flashback stuff. I didn't. Eh. It was more of a it was more of a uh, TV show than it was a comedy special, but whatever. And this one wasn't. This was this was purely a stand-up set for an hour. Um, Suit and tie. Yeah. Right. Um, so he okay. I am. I am. It's so funny. I am a person who likes Jerry Seinfeld, who liked the show Seinfeld. I've always thought because so many people think it's the greatest show ever. I, because of that, I've always thought it was one of the most overrated shows ever because I didn't think it was super funny. Yeah. Um, but I still like it. I've seen almost all the DVDs. I watch them all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, reruns are on all the time still, and I will still watch them. Um, I've probably seen every episode, but it's not, he's never been my favorite. He's ne I understand a lot of people consider him a legend in the comedy, in the stand-up comedy game. Um, yeah. And, but he's never been like, you know, that hot, the highest level for me. This one, I, I liked better than I've than I liked his show, and I liked better than some of his other specials. Um, I thought, especially because he's, I think he was sixty five when he recorded this, and yeah. uh, it was released just last week or whatever. But he just in or a, a few weeks ago or whatever. But he just like a month ago turned sixty six. So anyway, recorded this when he's sixty five years old. Look, that's not super old. But he's still very spry. He's still very spry. His mind's still pretty sharp. His uh, now I'm going to start talking about this like you're not supposed to be at 65. Like that's so old. Um, but, but so sorry, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, anybody, <laughs> anybody listening to this. Um, but he, he, you know, he did. He even got on the ground. <laughs> You know, he's, yeah. physically, he's in pretty good shape and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I, I liked it, you know, and I thought it started a little bit slowish. But and there were there were ups, there were peaks and valleys. Um, there were some things that I did not care for as much as others. But um, he did he did a lot of for, first of all, he had a, like a band bring him out. There was a band on yeah. the stage. That's kind of cool. I like that. Out, it, it, yeah, it looked just like he had his own late night talk show. And I'm like, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld is a guy that could definitely have his own late night talk show. I can think of I him. I think as, he'd be hilarious that way. Uh, his talk, this thing he does with comedians in cars or comedians in coffee or whatever that is. I love that. I crack up watching that. Those, those are fun. And, they're, and he's intelligent. And well, not, not to say that comedians aren't intelligent, but. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more than just comedy in those. He could definitely do a talk show, but this comedy special is not for me. Anyway, go ahead. What are you rating it? Um, I I gave this a three point five. Holy cow! We yeah. couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum. That's one of the highest you've ever rated anything. It's it's about kind of middle of the road for me, but yeah, well, maybe a little higher than than average for me. Yep, yep. Um, we talked about how yeah. much we both like Chad Daniels. I gave him a three point seven, and I gave Jerry a three five. So, yeah, 
I mean, yeah, I, I, I liked, I did, I, I feel, I don't want to keep extending this because it's getting late, but I did write some notes down while I was watching it. So I like this buffet stuff. He talked about the buffet. He had some good stuff with that. The, the phone, how we, how we use our phones with, and he talked about texting off of that. He talked about using the camera phone. Uh, I mean, the camera off of the phone. Um, he's, he, the, the first time that I actually laughed out loud was he said something, he was talking about people taking pictures constantly. And he's like, dinner ends. Uh, you go out with a, a group of friends and, and dinner, you have to dinner ends in a picture. We got to take a picture. And he's like, why? I didn't have a good time. I don't want to remember this. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. When he said I didn't have a good time, I don't want to remember that. That made, for some reason, that made me laugh harder than anything else. Well, I feel like said. Harry Seinfeld doesn't have a good time whenever he goes out to dinner. And that's basically what he was saying in the part of the thing. Like, we don't really want to go out. None of us want to be here, but we need to, you know. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Watch it. He, he, he might love it. Yeah, he had a, he had a bunch of stuff about uh, the postal service that I thought was mm. kind of that I thought was kind of good. Um, he talked a lot about marriage, a lot in the second part of the thing about marriage and, and being married and having a wife and all that kind of stuff. Um, the public restroom stuff. I, I I think of him as a germaphobic type of guy, yeah. similar to me. I think I, I don't know if he's right about that or not. And he just comes across to me that way. Um, yeah. And he talks about how the, why, why did we stop? Why couldn't we extend the door on the stall down another foot? Why does it stop there so you can see everybody's, everybody's feet in the, you know, and the gap, they didn't, they don't ever make the, the door. There's a gap between the doors, So you can always, there's an, always an eye you're thinking. You can see. If you're dropping, that is true. And I did think about this when I was listening to it. When I'm dropping a deuce, I'm always looking to see if somebody's looking at me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I got my eye on everybody. Probably doesn't eye. care if somebody's looking at you anyway, but I, say, still, I don't still. cover up or anything like that. I sit there proud. Go ahead. I, <laughs> take a look at this little thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I did think he had uh, uh, some pretty good stuff on, on a bunch of different topics. Um, but anyway, I, I, I liked it more than I kind of thought I would, to be honest with you. Um, and you liked it less than I thought you would. Way less than I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to love it. I thought it was going to be phenomenal. But shows you how subjective uh, comedy is, and and it, and you might watch it on another day and think it's way funnier than you remembered, and sure. I might watch it again, uh, you know, a year down the road and think, what was I thinking? This is not that good, you know. Nowhere near as good as I thought this was. Yeah, because yes. we are flip floppers, right? Ah, yes, sir, one hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Nothing at all. So, uh, so let's uh, next week. Next week. So we've got a couple new ones that I've noticed. Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt is one. All over Netflix. Called I Love Everything. Uh, so that's one. Hannah Gadsby is another one. I don't know a lot about her, uh, but she. This is I think her second Netflix special. This one's called Douglas. I don't know who Douglas is yet. But um, I feel like that might be somebody we figure out. So that's those are the two new ones that I've really noticed more than any any other. Um, there are I have a list of many others that I already mostly all except one that I that I know that I like as comedians um, that we could watch because I 
I think they're going to be good, and I don't know if you've seen them or not. Uh, the other newest one I saw was Taylor Tomlinson. We've talked about her many times, possibly doing that, and we never did. Uh, I yeah. finally saw a set of hers. It was like a 15, 20-minute set from something else, not from her newest yeah. special. And like she the old was, Comedy Central things they used to do. Yeah. Um, actually, it was on. It was also on Netflix. It was the stand-ups or one of those. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of, yeah. of, of folks go up. Um, so that was on that, and she was funnier than I thought. I don't know why I had any expectations either way because I've never seen her before. But um, I've also learned recently that she is the new girlfriend of another comedian that I like just within the last few months. Uh, they've been dating. So uh, I ended up seeing I, – I knew that a while, uh, three who, or four weeks who ago. Is huh? Who is it? Who's the boyfriend? His name is Sam Morrell. Oh, okay. Sam Morrell. You've probably seen him. Um, but he uh, – Anyway, they're apparently dating during the quarantine, um, and they're doing a podcast together, I think, now or something, of course, because everybody is. Um, so anyway, she was, she was pretty good in the set that I saw. So that's another option, a newer yeah. one. I have Neil Brennan. I have Moshe Kasher. I have John Mulaney. I have Hannibal Burris, Brian Regan, Michael Che, Nate Bergetzi, uh, I don't Hannibal, know if any of those animals always good, but I like the new ones, man. I, I okay. love keeping this new thing going. Okay. Um, so why don't you pick out of these couple new guys that are out here? Let me go back to the home. So, so the, I, I just saw the Hannah Gadsby thing, uh, the, the probably a day or two ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never seen her before. Yeah. I don't think I have either. Um, now she looks like maybe the reason that it's called Douglas is because people probably have called her Douglas in public, but Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt, I mean, I've seen his stuff before and he surprised me how funny he was as a stand-up comedian and other stuff I've seen. Uh, so I think you pick between those two and tell me which one you want to do. Those are the two newest ones on the flick. On the flick. He is a, he is a ratatouille, isn't he? I think he's yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I never saw that, but I just know that about him. He's the the buddy in of uh, Doug Heffernan. Yes, in King of Queens, which is like a top, probably top three favorite show of mine ever. One hundred percent, one hundred percent agree with that. And he was not funny on that show. Like he was a nerdy loser on the show. He really wasn't funny on the show. I didn't think he was kind of almost a little annoying, which is why I never thought he was going to be any good. Uh, in stand-up, and I saw, I don't know how many, a long, long time ago, I saw his stand-up, and I was, at first, I was like, I don't, I don't think I really like this guy, you know, he was, <laughs> he, he gets, he gets political a lot, he, and, you yeah. know, and then he, he, he's, a, he's a pretty smart guy, sometimes it seems like he's using words to try to make it, make himself look smarter than he is, I think some people do that, and just seem smart, and some people do that, and you're like, Okay, you're doing that on purpose, you know. I, I feel like he also can. I feel like he also makes fun of himself for being, you know, not the manly man kind of person that you would, you know, that most guys are. But I normally like about it. But huh? I normally like that. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, I, I normally do like when people like do the self-deprecating stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm know, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do the opposite of the macho thing, right? Kevin. That's a, one yeah. reason I like Kevin Hart because he does that same thing. Yep. Um, so anyway, 
Okay, so Patton, over the years, though, I've seen probably all of his specials, and he's grown on me. Um, so, and, and I've seen, now I've seen the same trailer on Netflix a hundred times for this, and I've, I think I've seen a couple of <laughs> clips from advertisements for it. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm good with either one of those, Hannah Gadsby, Patton Oswalt, or even Taylor Tomlinson. That's still pretty new. Um, I feel like I've picked the last several weeks. I think you, I think I'm, I'm I know I took, I picked Jerry Seinfeld. You can't say that. I was the one that said Jerry Seinfeld. All right. So you're up. Well, I mean, the one that I'd be most excited about seeing is probably Patton Oswalt. All right, let's do it. Patton Oswalt it is. It'll be Patton. Told, I Patton love everything. I love everything. Check out Patton Oswalt, I love everything, and come back to us next week, and you will get uh, a little taste of, of uh, what we think about it. Yes, sir. There's a movie that I think I'm going to be watching here, too. Adam Sandler has been a little sneaky funny with some of these movies on Netflix, by the way. Which one is it? Uh, so I watched uh, wrong, The Wrong Missy, and that was okay. I feel like they probably should have played, put somebody else in David Spade's character. I felt like that was good. I, I thought it was good. But I'm going to be watching The Uncut Gems. Oh, my God, Chris. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said those two movies. I almost never watch movies. I no. have a hard time sitting still for two hours or an hour 45 or whatever. I don't go to the movies. I, I, I don't sit here and just watch a movie beginning to end hardly ever. This past weekend, I watched three full movies two of them in a row back to back in the same sit in the same sitting. Nice. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, way out of character for me. One was, so the first one was The Lovebirds. Kumail Nanjiani is another stand-up comedian that I really, I want to really see like that more. one. I wanna, that's another one I want to watch. That looks really good, too. That was the first one I watched. Right after that, I watched The Wrong Missy. And then the next day, I watched Uncut Gems. So the, Happy Madison like Adam Adam Sandler went through a streak where yeah. old boy put out some some bad stuff. I mean, it wasn't that great. Uh, but lately, I feel like uh, I feel like the old Happy Madison stepping up his game a little bit and has gotten better and better and better. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to watch the uncut gems because that one looks like it's going to be good. Adam Sandler, I assume he's a he's a jeweler. He's the jeweler, right? Yes. Oh, he and he looks sketchy as hell. Chris, I feel like I want this to be I feel like I want this to be a topic on next week's podcast. Let's do it. Uncut gems or happy Madison in general. Uncut gems. If you're uncut gonna watch gems. uncut gems, I don't don't make it a homework assignment. If you don't get to watch it's it between I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it no matter what, but yeah. Because you want to watch it, if you watch it in the next week and I just watched it. I, I would love to talk to uh, about that to you. That sounds good. I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching that tonight. All right. Well, then I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna have to close this thing out because it's 1 a.m. as we're recording this right now. So if you're gonna watch it tonight, you're gonna be up. Ah, well, yeah. it is what it is. 
it's it's a it's a it's a time of uh, time of doing whatever you want, however long you want, whenever you want. Nobody cares what you do when you go to bed, when you wake up. It's the pandemic, man. It's the COVID. It's the Corona. Who cares? Although we're coming to an end of that. It so. is. I could talk a long time about that too, but we coming time to an end. Week. It is coming to an end completely against everything that Adam believes in. This is coming to an end. <laughs> I love you, brother. You know I love you. Uh, yeah. Just like we had to cut it off before you got worked up about baseball and whatever the other thing was, we're going to cut it off now. So cut it off get now. worked up about that. On that we note, will, uh, next week, Pat and Oswalt, Uncut Gems, uh, hopefully some more baseball, basketball getting started back up. And anything else crazy that comes up over the next uh, however long over the sports world, Adam, I had a lot of fun tonight, buddy. So did I. All right, but until next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on.